0: Welcome back to Old Millennials, a deep dive on shallow topics from the 90s and 2000s. I am one of your hosts, Emily Bejen. And I am your other host, Margot Poupard. Today is a very exciting day because we're celebrating the 35th anniversary of the American Girl Dolls and Books. And here to help us talk about those things is the delightful Allison from the Bloom Saloon podcast.
2: Welcome, Allison. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely! Thanks for coming on. We're so excited to have you, especially since I'm proclaiming you to be an American Girl Dolls and Books expert. Whether or not you want the title, I'm giving it to you. So here, it's heavy. Take it. It's so
1: heavy. And like, just wait till I get into this, because I think you'll realize how sad that kind of is. <laughs> <laughs> We'll
0: oh, <laughs> I'm very excited i'm I'm so excited because I think we'll have we'll we'll kind of realize that we have a kinship in that sense,
2: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, even like in the pre show talk, it sounds like judging from what Emily was saying about her relationship to the dolls and books um it's gonna be a little bit on like the therapy ish side we're gonna work through a little <laughs> bit of stuff, but then. I think we'll be okay. <sighs> I hope it's so. So real, <laughs> always.
0: Um, before we get into our topic today, wanted to let you all know about the Bloom Saloon, uh, which is an amazing podcast. It's a Judy Bloom centric. Book club podcasts with Allison, Michael, and Jody Worthington. Allison, who's on the show with us today, is a creative strategist in advertising by day, and Jody's a graphic designer slash art director. But they gladly give up their day jobs to chat Judy Bloom all day long, much like how we feel about most '90s and '2000s pop culture topics. You can find them at thebloomsaloon.com dot and on all podcatchers and social media with some variation of Bloom Saloon. Once again, welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you. We are talking a little bit why Jody isn't here is because she's not a millennial and our podcast almost skews like to the inspiration of like the 90s and what we mm-hmm. grew up with because it's very like the Judy Bloom era of the 60s and 70s and sure. 80s. And it's just interesting like it's like oh what era do you want to want to go with today? You can get a little bit of both between our podcasts. Sure.
0: No, I get that. And for us, like, um, I feel like Margaret and I talk about this a lot. For us, a lot of touchstones with pop culture. We definitely relate to the Gen X uh, stuff to an extent sometimes because we were both obsessed with pop culture as kids, both like Kate, we mm-hmm. were both born in the US, but our parents weren't. And so for us, it's like learning about all the, you know, 80s pop culture, 70s pop culture kind of helped us shape the way we thought our experiences in life were going to play out for sure totally
2: oh and because judy bloom is just like a prolific writer like there's definitely some crossover with the gen x and millennials like i think it oh, was yeah. a gen x babysitter that gave me i want to say it was tiger eyes some oh. some judy bloom book that i immediately loved and then like read a bunch of other ones but yeah i feel like i've been introduced to some of the gen x side through you know being called like mature for my age and like babysitters, and so you yep. always give, you always have people that like yep. want to give you like a mix CD from like stuff in yes. the eighties. It's uh, it is what it is. <laughs> Completely, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I have to like keep my mouth closed. I just like want to go on all day. But yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, so um, quickly, I'm just going to talk like just very briefly about the American Girls and a bit of overview, just background, because I love a good just, you know, a little bit of history here. Oh, um, we're talking yeah. about those American Girl dolls and books, which are obviously created in 1986 by a woman named Pleasant Roland, which you may remember the name. The Pleasant Company was on the catalogs and the books that you would get. Roland came up with the idea after coming back from a trip to Colonial Williamsburg, where she saw potential for... For younger age doll in the toy market, and one that was tied to historical events. She actually sent a postcard to her friend Valerie Tripp, who you guys might remember is the author of like almost all those American Girl books. Sure, they're actually friends IRL, but she wrote this postcard from Colonial Williamsburg to Valerie Tripp, and she brought up the idea of the series of books that centered around nine-year-old girls living in different times in American history. Each girl would have six books, a companion doll who had period-specific clothes and accessories, and even sometimes matching outfits for the girls who would get those dolls. And I think that's a lot to fit in a postcard, but according to Pleasant Rowland, that is what she wrote on said
1: postcard. That's like back of the napkin. Like, come on, let's just like, okay, plan exactly how this is going to work to a T while I'm like churning
2: butter. Maybe it's a two part (laughs) postcard. Plus, you know, what else are you doing in colonial Williamsburg if not writing like very long letters to your friends? My dearest. Um, Did you ever do like a Colonial
0: Williamsburg
2: experience since you're from Virginia?
0: 100% and not only that, it's funny we're talking about American Girl today and that's the story behind it because the first American Girl book I ever bought or got was a Felicity book when I was in Colonial Williamsburg with my family on a weekend trip. Full fucking
2: circle. (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) Wow. That's deep. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't make that one up.
2: I know we talked about this before we started recording, but the two names Pleasant, Roland, and Valerie Trip, are both like made up people names. Like these people belong on Dallas or something, yes. not making children's toys. Like It is just so funny to me. They're like, yeah, that's their legal name. <laughs> 100%.
1: It's mind boggling to me. Yeah. I I mean, it, it's no wonder they go on to build this world and like name these
2: little girls right and like pleasant had a big background like as an educator anyway and like writing textbooks and so she really kind of had an idea of what adolescent girls really were into and it is interesting that at the time like the only kind of doll options that you had were either like babies like a cabbage patch doll or you had a barbie and she like was a career woman or drives a car a lot I'm not really sure what some of the other things that Barbie does like puts on nice gowns like she's very much like beautiful gowns beautiful great great gowns beautiful gowns but <laughs> nine-year-old girls who are playing with them don't really have you know you either pretend to be mommy which is like okay I guess but like if you're just by yourself and you're not with your friends and you can't really engage in a game having a doll that's your age is actually kind of fun And I remember that they came along with the books when you got the doll or at least the doll that I got, which was Kristen Larson who um, was an, uh, an an immigrant, which I think she was given to me by my aunt for like a birthday or something, being like, look, she's like you, even though she was like white and blonde, like so white and blonde and fair skinned. And I was like, she's not like me. And also my parents didn't come here on a ship. They came here on a plane and no one's died of like dysentery in my family. So I can't really like fully relate, but the whole like being a first gen and like not quite understanding... The, the similarities and differences between cultures and like parents wanting to keep the culture like yeah i relate deeply to that um but I, <laughs> I already forgot my original point just because i went on like a really long windy road but thank you for letting me take you down this path yeah i mean just saying like this world that <laughs> mm-hmm. they built oh yeah the plays my doll came with the play and I, I remember that was really like a fun part of the world building in addition to i guess if you had the costumes or like the outfits you could hypothetically like act them out, which I did act them out, but not in the official sanctioned clothes. But I just thought the amount of merch that they created before Mattel came in was astonishing.
1: Completely agree. Did you, Allison, by any chance have a doll? So that's that's what I was gonna um, what I have to confess is like I feel like I'm an expert on American Girl doll marketing materials and on like coveting them and wishing that I had one but I we never I never I think I designed them like I picked the little faces so many times and I was like this is me I'm gonna get this like my next birthday but it just it never it never happened for me Me but I loved them you need I really feel for you. I think I've never wanted anything more in my life. Oh, I know. I know. I'm almost emotional talking about it. Honestly, honestly. (laughs) And so now I have a child and Jen and I have been like talking about getting him an American Girl doll. And I'm like, this is like, coming up in the world like being able to take care of my children yes. kind yes. of a thing that I could like afford an American girl doll for my child
2: did you guys I... have friends that had the doll yeah yes. I had friends step siblings
1: I've seen a lot of them in person but never had my own it was the most horrible thing <laughs> I was actually one of those people who read all the
0: books too I didn't just want the doll be- for the sake of having the doll I had, the bo- oh. I, had the- I had all the books. Many a book fair, book order, what have you. Um, I got all these books and I loved them. And I wanted one so badly. And my parents just had to like break it down to me. They're like, these dolls cost a fortune. And I think that's the point where I I realized Santa Claus was not real.
2: What doll would you have gotten if you could have picked one? I mean, if you didn't customize it, if you had to just get a doll out of the box, like what was your ideal? Because I feel like even from reading the books, I'm like, I wish I got a Samantha doll because I'm a brat, but I'm sure Same. you guys, okay, had a couple of I doll. wanted
1: a Samantha doll or Molly. I also like hmm. liked Molly. I like what she had going on, even though in looking at a lot of the articles that we've been kind of looking through, she is the narc. Like I, I definitely agree with that about Molly. But so, yeah,
0: I know yeah. people say this, and like I don't know if you guys ever watched Tinks on uh, Instagram or TikTok. I've, apparently, I've regressed into like a Gen Zer during this pandemic. <laughs> But uh this one girl who does these really funny TikTok videos said that, you know, Samantha, if you picked Samantha as a kid as the doll you wanted, it, you knew you were a baddie. Like you knew you knew what was up, you knew who the bad one what, like the badass one was. And I didn't. Uh I am in the minority here. And when I I picked uh I wanted either Kirsten because she was blonde and I was very blonde as a child. Um Or Molly, because I just thought her stories were really interesting. I know everyone's like, "Yeah, she'd be the narc in real life," but honestly, plotline-wise, she had a lot going on. There's like conflicts with siblings, and the other thing with like Samantha is I always felt like she struggled the least amount out of all the American girls. (laughs) Like she had things happen to her adjacently. I guess she was an
2: orphan, but she had a. Did you resent her
0: for that? (laughs) Little, little bit. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> totally But you're right Molly did have the best storyline I remember enjoying her books the most Because you could get the entire series At a Scholastic Book Fair For like $9 or something yeah. It was like really cheap Because they were super short reads Weren't they like 50 pages or less maybe? Yeah
1: like little anecdotes You mm-hmm. know For sure Yeah I read definitely read all the books At some point somewhere But I never had the doll. My stepsisters had the Bitty Baby dolls <gasps> Oh, really? Which were the little baby dolls that yeah. they also sold, which I don't know where, where those fall in the history. They definitely came later.
0: They're like 94 ish when I was doing my research. They came up around then, like 94, 96.
1: Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And they were beautiful. They were just oh, yeah. gorgeous and multiracial. I gotta say, they at least like had so many options when we were young.
0: I think that lends itself really wisely. You just brought something up here, which was just, you know, in terms of diversity and representation amongst American Girl dolls, while we had the, the ones where you could pick out one that looked like just like you. So there were different skin tones, different eye colors, different hair colors and lengths and all that. Do you feel that there is diversity or representation among American Girl, you know, books and dolls? And if so, how would you kind of categorize that portrayal?
1: I think looking now that there's a really great representation. Like they've done a really, really good job of it. And they have, you know, even people with disabilities and people who need special stuff and different eye colors, hair color. They have everything on that front. I even like the, um, they have like, you could get like a non-binary one for sure. (laughs) You know, like they definitely are, I think, flexible in terms of gender now as well. Um, However, I don't think they were always great. I think there was some uh, strange stereotypical uh, stuff going on
2: early on, right? There was a doll that kind of like sent... An alarm bell to me. Mary Grace, who is from like New Orleans, I think it was like a little stereotypical like, oh, down on the bayou, we got Mary Grace. Like, I think there was a little bit of that. But I also that doll kind of came in past the time that I was kind of interested in it. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes it is a little bit overshadowed because I do remember like the main four dolls that they launched with and then I remember them being able to be customizable because that kind of came around the same time that they were launching those big flagship stores where you could take your doll in to get like a spa day and you could upgrade her clothes and you could get her hair done and you could also get your hair done to match your doll and they could pierce your doll's ears and (sighs) they're... There is now, and I I took my cousin to it when she was younger, um, the American Girl Cafe inside of the store is like, also you can have like a tea time with like the dolls and stuff. And like, that's, it's also its own experience. And like, they are like different customized dolls that have been like donated back to them for historical archival purposes. And you can be like, oh, I want that one. And they have like the kid's name attached to it. It's very interesting how they've managed to kind of be their own little, like, Disneyland in some ways, too. Oh, they're definitely, like, an experience mm-hmm. kind of brand. Yeah. I I definitely pulled that piece from um the Racked article that I read about how they're, they were one of the first stores to have, like, yeah. an experiential shopping experience because before that it was not commonplace. And it's also crazy to me that she started out in catalogs because ordinarily toys like department stores and toy companies don't stock dolls that are that big and that expensive because they don't go. So she had to essentially create her own magazine and her own catalog, excuse me, and then send that out. And I find that to be interesting because in addition to her being like clothing and period accurate and books and this, she's also like doing direct mail marketing.
0: (laughs) Uh, no, I agree with you. I think there are two things that came up for me were one, um, finding out just like how self-made Pleasant Roland was. Like she used her, like, I think she had a little over a million bucks from her textbook royalties that she put into starting the Pleasant company. And then in terms of that fully, you know, the only channel of marketing and sales being the catalog within their first, I think, holiday season or first year as a company, I think they made like a million in sales just on the catalog alone in like the 80s, which is insane. Um, I think also to speak to your point about um, the experiential component of all of it, I read some articles about this too when they opened the flagship one in Chicago. They had they even had a play. They had like a musical that you could go see <laughs> While you're, you know, between your doll spa day and your tea time, you can go see a musical on like that they performed multiple times a day.
1: I can't even imagine what that experience must have been like. I think some of that stuff was maybe a little after my time. I might have been a little older. I just also I wasn't going to like New York or anything.
2: Where were the cafes? Do you know? It was New York. Was there one here? There was one. So it's Chicago, New York, and the one that I went to is in the Grove in L.A. Ooh. Yeah. And there's one. So it opened way past my time, but it was still. You took someone. A whole, yeah. I, t- I had my cousin. So she was my like child pass. Like, ooh, I can go in here now and not look like a weirdo. Because <laughs> it was around that time that I was like 18, 19, where, you know, you're like the tallest person, at, like a Pixar movie. You're like, I don't belong here anymore. And I sort of <laughs> yeah. felt that way. But I really still wanted to go inside because I was like you said, there's still, like an emotional component when you see all those dolls lined up in the window and you're just like, it's beautiful. Like you get t- it. I just want to go and look, but it would be weird that I'm just wandering around by myself just going
1: like ooh. So I hadn't seen them for a while. I hadn't thought about them for a while until a friend's kid actually brought one over. Oh. She had two and she had like a backpack with a window cut out where you could see the doll's face pointing out as you like carried it. Oh my god. It- <laughs> I couldn't stop. Like, Jen and I were both, I think, just, like, mesmerized. And so was Poe. We were all just, like, these dolls. Like, they had, like, blue hair and all these outfits and all these shoes. And I couldn't believe that she had two of them and was, like, a child. Like, to me, I was like, this is decadent, you know? She might as well be a millionaire. (laughs) Right? That's how I, like, still see it. And... Poe was so taken that her eyes closed when she laid her head back. Poe is my oh child. My. He was just like very, very <laughs> uh, taken. And so Jen and I like immediately, like independently, my wife and I like were looking on the website, like, okay, can like could we get one? Or should we go to the store? Like, what kind of doll does Poe want? <laughs> like, we are both just like we, this is but it it's also marketing, right? Like, we're so sensitized to, like, I mean, the window it is
2: super genius that it just – put. It's I mean, so how do you good. not just, like, notice that and you're just like, what is that? And then you ask questions and you get, like, really kind of sucked in. I'm curious to know, what doll did you pick out for your son and what doll did Jen pick out?
1: They were very – they're both very similar. Oh, like, okay. Like, uh, ambiguous skin color and, like, blue long hair, but, like, tomboy clothes were, like, she's definitely, like, a cool – lesbian girl <laughs> for you to play with and then we're like oh like we just get our child like a mommy doll so we, <laughs> lately we've been like this is all getting a little too like mother boy over here
0: <laughs> we need to like
1: does he even want this like <laughs> so yeah but it, I think- it, it, it like set off a lot for me this <laughs> visit and seeing them in the flesh again I, I love this
0: for you and your wife. I love this for your child and I feel like I too would have the same not I don't want to call it an issue but experience uh, if I choose to have children um this is something I've thought of as well like how will I react in this situation? what will my parents, then grandparents who didn't get me the doll, think? Will they get my child this doll instead? And I will resent them and spend a lot of money on therapy talking about it because I could see my parents doing this.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, I would be more worried about them buying your possible child, the doll and what that would do versus you getting it. I feel like your parents would be like, whatever you got, you got them a doll. Congrats. Like, but if they did it, it's a different kind of slight.
1: 100%. I completely agree. Cause Jen and I both have different, we, we, for different reasons, we never got them. Like Jen had sisters that had them, but she never got oh. one. And so I think there's a lot of resentment there of like, well, I never got to have that. So like we both have this like we have issues, American Girl doll issues, which I, I'm sure there's a lot of millennial parents going through this right now. Um, so yeah, I think if like Jen's parents got him one or my mom did, I would I would die. I think <laughs> I I do think I'd be resentful. I don't think it would be. I think every ounce of my being would be like, why couldn't you do that for me? Like it would open up so many other issues. Yes.
2: <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys. I would have totally shared my doll with you. It was a gift. <laughs> that's, that's I'm like, oh, wow.
1: <laughs> yeah, but the catalog makers, they were so good. Oh I mean, gosh. because I would l- just study it. When that came in the mail – And there were new outfits and new stories. I just, the best.
2: The precursor to Adelia's, or even in Us Weekly, if you will, just flipping through. Definitely. Nothing better. But but I feel like there's this dilemma, you know, of like, do I get my child, an American girl, or like, and how would I feel if my parents who never got me one got my kid one, is because the dolls still hold up. Even the books, I would happily give the the book series to like my goddaughter or something because i feel like it puts it takes like big concepts about history and puts them in sort of like a personalized context and obviously speaks to kids the way that they should be spoken to and i think it really kind of helps later on like At least I had a better idea of what Ellis Island was because I had read the Kristen Larson books beforehand. And I don't know. I think that there were some other, you know, some Betsy Ross stuff that happened with Molly that I retained later on when we were learning about it in school. And I think that the at least the books are like a great way to get introduced to them and then gauge the interest. But the dolls are like they really are kind of one of a kind Like I had said earlier, like before that, it's like you had Cabbage Patch dolls, but they're like soft bodied and they have like a painted face and they're very cute and they kind of have this sort of like, they're babies, but like an American Girl doll kind of felt like, um, they used to have those Barbie heads where she was like life size and you could dress her up. It sort of felt like that, but like more like mature. They were
1: nice. You had to Mm -hmm. be careful. Mm -hmm. That was not a doll. You were just like dragging around. Well, And I think the other thing is I just listened to a podcast
0: all about Mattel versus Hasbro and all about the founding of Barbie Hmm. and like how the the couple, it was a married couple who started Mattel and later decided they wanted to have a doll, which (laughs) fun fact is actually the body and silhouette was based off of a sex doll that they saw at a shop in during a trip in Europe. Um, she had been dressed in clothes. By the way, she was being used as a mannequin, Act. so I should I should preface this. But it was very funny to find out about that. Um, but <laughs> surprise, surprise! Uh, but much like how that changed the world for dolls, because prior to that, all dolls pretty much were baby or children dolls, with the sense of a you know, if a young girl gets this this doll, she's going to use it to be you know, play mother or whatever. Barbie brought this change of, okay, here's an adult doll for children where they can live out their fantasies of, you know, having a job or a house or whatever. Much like that, I think American Girl, like we talked about earlier, brings in this kind of new world uh, that just holds up because, one, there's the historical context that's really interesting and teaches you about events in history. But, two, um, there's something so special about having a doll that is your age, um, that's not a baby or an adult, but one that you know is a 9 or 10 ten-year-old like you, dealing with the same kind of problems, just under the lens of a different time in history. Yes. So I think what I else- agree
1: wholeheartedly.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's just, and it's it's funny. Like as we talk, the more we've been talking about it today, the more the memories have come up. The more I realize, like how much I can sort of tell you about a Barbie doll here and there but I can tell you so like confidently about this you know story of this one character in American you know the story of Kirsten or Samantha or Molly and then all the details around that or the details of the Pleasant Company catalog and like how I wanted Kirsten's like pink pinafore dress from the barn raising ceremony like (laughs) 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 did not need to look at a catalog for that
1: I, was I left their, the like, pajamas and tiny beds. Yes. I really oh like the God. things, like, the lockers. Like, the things you could get to make it, like, a little room. <laughs> Completely.
2: Mm-hmm. Did you guys furniture. ever get into dollhouses growing up? Yeah. yeah. I, I – I, I never had one of my own, but I feel like the, the uh, beds and all of, like, the little accessories that you could build out for an American girl was, like, a huge part of that. Like, would love to look at it. I think they know, sort of like Sanrio, like, they know to make everything, like, cute and, like, little. And, like, that's what, like, people love. Like, yes. functional but small mm-hmm. was
1: just, like, too much. Too much! Oh, my
0: gosh. I Like, just remembering... Yeah, I had. So I had like a Playmobil dollhouse, which was cute, like great and all that. But it, yeah, it was just like this amazing, this concept of making everything so small sized and so adorable and packaged so well. Like, uh, just uh, thinking about it just makes me want to like I feel like uh, tomorrow like I want to go back to grade school or something but like you know pre-middle school but like during a good time of grade school and like have new school supplies and like just excited about you know getting to go to the book fair or whatever like there's just there are so many good
1: feelings that come out of talking about this <laughs> and and really that that's just that's such a good point because it's that sweet spot before you've like realized the world is shit like there's you're still like an optimistic child at this point you're still doing make-believe but it's like mature make-believe you know you you can like tell these stories and but it is it is the time before like acne embraces and like all the mean kids and all the shit the shit at school
2: yeah, it's like that time right before seventh grade. Like, I feel like you're, I had this talk with, I have a friend whose son is about to graduate fifth grade. And I'm like, he'll still be cute next year. You have to worry about seventh grade. That's when everything goes left. Like, you're still little in sixth grade. And so you still have like a little bit of time before you're like, oh, I have to like dress slutty <laughs> for Halloween and I need to get rid of all my dolls because like I'm an adult now and all of those like weird pressures that kind of come along with it. You're still
0: the age of, like, the turtleneck under the Halloween costume, which is what I grew up with when it was cold. I, like, no matter what your costume, you had, like, a princess
1: outfit. You had to wear a white turtleneck under (laughs) it. Yep. Yep. At the skating rink, you're, like, in your turtleneck and your costume. Yeah. Because it could. At least where I was in Ohio, it could snow. I was in, yeah, I was in Virginia as well. Like at that time of year, it wouldn't
0: snow quite yet, but it was still very cold.
2: Yeah, it sounds sucky, you guys. I don't know what that's like (laughs) at all. Spring is my favorite time to
0: start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. You you had (laughs) a more authentic Halloween experience because you weren't, your your costume's integrity wasn't compromised (laughs) by Lanzat.
2: Yeah, it was always like, how hot is it going to be is like, was always Ah. the thing. Because that's what happens when you live in California. It's just like hot all the time. But. There was a year I dressed up as a black cat, but this was like as an adult. I dressed up as a black cat to do a photo thing for work. And we didn't realize it was going to be 95 degrees that day. And it was awful. So I would have gladly taken snow at that point. Okay, sure. Sometimes it backfires. (laughs) It's not always amazing. (laughs) Uh,
0: What was something – so, I mean, we've just gone over so much of like what our favorite things about American Girl, you know, were – in terms of the dolls and the books? What are things that, you know, looking back, I'm trying to remember if there was anything I in particular disliked other than the fact that I was coveting a doll and didn't get one.
1: I think at a certain point, my wanting turned to resentment. And I probably had some gripes about like, get with the program. Like you've been selling the same shit for so long. And you need to modernize american girl and like the thing is, is they they did <laughs> they like figured it all out it is a brand that it's like actually stayed with us and like stayed with the times i haven't been to a store recently is
2: anybody no no not since the store opened in the grove i haven't been i think even more so now
1: like you can get a customized doll on the spot and pick out certain things and the different outfits are really kind of the self-expression is a really out of control now in a good way.
2: Yeah, I'd have to agree with you, Allison. I think the thing that I disliked was that, you know, at it- it was before perhaps that they had gotten bought up by Mattel. And so they were like producing more, you know, after 98. And so I had like read all the books or whatever. I was like, hurry up. I'm, I'm all done and I can't buy another doll. So I'd like more books or like another play or like literally anything. And they sort of just had what they had. And if you blew through it, that's on you. But then, I think it then it started to like miss us like age wise where they started to expand and they had more customization and they had more characters and more books and different people and different outfits and but you know at a certain point it's, like then it's past your time and then you it's gotta have a kid or know a kid and then you gotta drag them to a store so you can feel current and uh, it's hard uh, very rarely is there something that is nostalgic that also isn't like very problematic or like holds up as well as the dolls do for some reason. Like I don't have any negative feelings. Like they're all like warm and fuzzies and even having to come up with a dislike. It's like, it's like if I really had to pick one thing, I guess it's this, but it's very rare that a brand is just like through and through. Like I have, I guess this is what it feels like to be like a true, like Disney adult. Like I have nothing but happy, warm feelings when it comes to this brand. Hmm. I was
0: thinking about that a lot. Um, One of the things I was reading while I was doing a little bit of research on this was the American Girl stores, the places I think is what they call them, American Girl Place. The whole team behind that were all women. Uh, Pleasant Roland was a woman. Like this was a very female-centric company. I mean, first off, the, the the narrative was around. You know, young girls growing up in these historic times, but it was also you know behind the scenes, a lot of women were involved in the putting together of all of these things. Like Valerie Tripp wrote almost all those initial books for the original characters, um, and I think there's not to say that women can't cloud things that were you know created in the past. Like we've we've had that plenty of times, like J.K. Rowling and you know who, whoever else she who must not be named. Um, but uh, but I think that it, it what's been kind of pleasant here, for lack of a better term, (laughs) is to see that, yeah, over time this aged fairly well and maybe there have been some wording changes that I I don't know because I I didn't come across that. But, you know, I could very well see maybe some wording changes were made or little tweaks here and there. But ultimately, this has stood the test of time so much more so than other things from our childhood.
1: I totally agree.
0: (laughs) Um, I was thinking while you were saying that, Margot, you know, they were acquired by Mattel. So so backstory for everyone um, listening, the company was acquired by Mattel in 1998 for $700 million. <laughs> and and as of today, Pleasant Roland uh, is worth, I believe, over $300 million. Um, it turns out she and her husband are very generous benefactors, though, the philanthropists. They recently donated like $10 million to the University of Wisconsin's hospital in Madison for like a a transplant wing. Um, And they've donated $100 million for a performing arts center in Madison. Like they're... Ultimately, she is a good person through and through. Um, But it it is interesting. You know, Mattel acquiring American Girl, there are little changes that have happened. um, And I got a little in deep on some of those doll collector websites of what people... (laughs) kind of talked about they have like terminology for the dolls pre Mattel acquisition and afterwards and like they actually the they're saying that like there are slight differences like the post Mattel acquisition dolls are like have rosier cheeks and thinner bodies and less like quote-unquote baby fat which it was very weird but I like went... <laughs> Down this rabbit hole, and I'm like, I I can't stop. I'm gonna read a little more about this, but it was very interesting to see. You know, that may be the one kind of negative thing is that maybe the the quality of the dolls themselves has gone down over the years. Um, but uh, I think is there, you know, looking now and again, all this happened as we were growing up. So by the time Mattel had probably finished the acquisition and changes have been made, we were already kind of phased out of the age group, but. Um, is, it, it is kind of interesting thinking about it that the company that created Barbie ultimately is the company that bought American Girl.
1: They had to eat it up, you know? It was time. They were, you know, eating into all their earnings. People wanted those dolls more than they wanted
2: Barbies. And they had to bring them in. And not for nothing, I'm sure Mattel tried to create a competitor and it just didn't take off. I mean, that's $700 million in $98 is quite a bit in current times, I'm sure. And so I'm sure it just drove the price up the longer she sat on it and the more successful it became. But I think that she ultimately took the deal because she really wanted to have these stores, maybe not necessarily like nationally, but she wanted to have a few stores and that takes a lot of money to open these stores. And I'm sure it would have been successful, but, you know, I don't know anything about this. So I'm just going to say words, you know, overhead and like the cost of running them. And you need kind of like a machine sort of like
1: Mattel. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I would say I totally agree. And it makes sense that Mattel has kind of evolved with American Girl as well. Like the stuff they're doing with Barbie now is really interesting. And they're just like not to be like, a big company. They're great. They're not. I'm sure they're not. They're not. S- a lot of ways factories and all that shit but what they're doing in terms of brand for barbie is pretty interesting like they're very inclusive and they've gotten with the times and they put out good content there's like so much barbie tv out there it's wild but it's like good like like not of the worst of the worst kid shit
2: yeah, there's some pretty bad stuff like on Netflix and YouTube that I'm like, this is unbearable. There's got to be something that's marginally better. But is- I, I was only going to comment on back to Emily's point about the collector's editions. I find that world to be super fascinating because they do need to find these like bizarre imperfections or per- perceived or real because you never really quite know because you're like, I don't see the difference. So right. I would be interested to see the the two different dolls like side by side to make my own assessment. Yes, I was gonna did you look, Emily? Like were you looking at photos? Like do I, people have this
1: evidence on the internet?
0: So I tried to the in this particular post that I'd found this in, I think it was an American Girl wiki that the photos ima- the image resolution wasn't that great or something like that, so I couldn't tell I could see a little bit of difference, but I think it's probably one of those things you need like a tape measure for to be like it's a two centimeter, you know, distance between the eyes versus the three centimeters before type of thing.
1: Um, but really imperceptible, like probably nothing, probably not much. (laughs) I mean, I feel like I I kind of love that it's a conspiracy.
2: Yes. (laughs) The best kind of conspiracy. This is so harmless. I'll do this all day. (laughs) Totally. And on the
0: subject though, of the dolls and, and the, and the whole kind of getting the history, uh, through the, the lens of a nine-year-old girl, was this kind of a gateway book series for any of you to anything else in particular, like be it a genre or another series?
1: Yes, it was a gateway to historical fiction. Remember those other Dear America book series? Yes, the Dear America book series. Are that's they? that's what it was. Did you hear the noise? I totally just- channeled that. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs>
0: I'm so happy right now.
1: <laughs> but So, so yes. Yes. The same. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Margo?
2: <laughs> oh, I don't think so. I think it just really got me into like following an entire series to the end and finding that to be satisfying. And I think I probably just picked a different topic and was like, I'll just do this. I'm not big on like historical f- fiction that much. I mean, I think the last historical fiction book I read was... Um, the one that takes place at the World's Fair about the serial Apple killer. City. Thank yeah. you, yeah. I love that book. No, but I'm not big on historical fiction, and I don't remember Dear America at all. I feel like I read like Captain Underpants after or something, and did that whole series mm. or so- something to that effect. Or maybe I moved on to Animorphs. I really don't remember.
0: It's so good. I loved um, Dear America, and then there were, I think there were a couple of other spinoffs from that too. So there's like My Name Is America, where the guy where the the um, diary writers were men or boys, and then the other spinoff was the Royal Diaries, which was the diaries of young rulers. So like young Marie Antoinette, young Cleopatra, young Queen Elizabeth. I the love first. that shit. Me love too. Love
1: it. Obsessed. I still like. When I listen to like cheesy sleep stories at night, that's like the kind of stuff I'm like. Tell me about going down the Nile. Like that's <laughs> that's what I want. Um. So yeah, I I'm completely with you. It was it was like, you know what? History can be fun. Yeah, it was like that gateway.
0: Completely. Was
1: <laughs> well, just like interesting
0: to me because I wonder. And you have a you have a kid, so you know, like please let us know. Um, you know, Scholastic, when I think about, I'm thinking about the time when I worked at a company where Scholastic was a customer and I just got so nostalgic just hearing the name because it conjured up so many great memories. Is Scholastic still this like, you know, powerhouse for children? And yes, that, that makes me happy to, to hear.
1: It is. They still send the the pamphlet home like at post school and we have like the code to use and you can like send like send one to the school, send one to us. Poe's, you know, issue doesn't have all the like juicy paperbacks like that you used to get once mm-hmm. you got a little bit older. His is all geared towards like toddlers and kindergartners, but it is very nostalgic. And he gets like you get like these great paperback versions of things that are just somehow also really old school and fun. Um, Yeah, they're alive and kicking, I think.
2: I went to one. My my nephews, when they were in elementary school, they had an open house. And so I went to their open house that ended in a Scholastic Book Fair. And I went in and it looked exactly the way that I remembered. I mean, they haven't updated those graphics in... Fucking fifteen years, like it was. It really felt. um I just felt like I was a child again. I was just like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, what should I buy? And I started like looking around. I'm like, you're an adult. Like, get it together. And then my nephew was like, "Can you buy me this?" I'm like, "Great, I'll do that instead." But it was It'll just so good. Yeah, it just was completely unchanged. And I think I got like a bookmark and felt really great about it. But. Yes, all of, like, they had, like, all the kids stuff towards the front, and then, like, they had, like, the young adult section where they just had, like, they had all, like, the Harry Potters and all that kind of stuff, but then they had, like, some more, like, obscure titles, and I was, like, helping my older nephew, like, pick out a Goosebumps book or whatever, and I was just like, this all feels right, and I'm just so glad Scholastic is still around, but... um Also at Scholastic Book Fairs, and it ties in perfectly with American Girl, did you guys ever read the American Girl magazine? Because they had them sometimes at the book fairs, and I know I had gotten like a couple of issues, but curious what your relationship was to that, since we love the catalog so much, too.
1: I think maybe I got my hands on the magazine a couple times, and I... Loved it. I love these glimpses into like the the homes of people with these dolls, like the more lifestyle kind of of it all was very interesting to me.
2: You want to see how the other half with dolls live, right?
1: Exactly. Exactly. I mean, that's what teen magazines and like kid magazines were for. We're like, whoa, these people are like living like this. Whoa. Like, that's amazing. People travel to different countries?
2: <laughs> this doll is in Brazil?
0: <laughs> they also had books, too, that were non, like re- somewhat related to the magazine that were all about, you know, you as a girl or that, that kind of thing. There was one that's, like, very popular called The Care and Keeping of You, I think was what it was called, and it was all about your mm-hmm. body and was very ahead of its time because it would, like, show you diagrams of your body and like how it's changing and like hygiene and like here are things you should know about yourself. And like this was very, very ahead of its time compared to so many other things being offered to girls our age in the market at the time. But they had these really great books that were kind of tied to the magazine that elaborated on some of the articles that they had, um, which I thought was great. I mean, I feel like we've covered so many things here. We talked about nostalgia. We've talked about, you know, if there was anything that would be we'd like to be different about American Girl. For you, though, I mean, as an adult, we've talked about, you know, you would gift your son one of the dolls for sure. And then I kind of on that subject of like, you know, American Girl today, the dolls today, what would your doll be? Actually, if there was one that you wanted to create that like tied to a certain time in history that you don't think has been made, what would it be?
1: Ooh, that's such a good question. They have the like summer of love, like hippie one, which I would have loved, but (laughs) she, you know, she already exists. So I would say like, um, like New York in the 70s doll, like a child at the Chelsea Hotel. Like she, need, she needs a little edge, you know? Like a, a, some, a beat poet's like kid or something.
0: I actually read, um, so, you know, Eloise, the plaza, the book. Um, I once read like a bio on Gabby Hoffman. I think it was on her Wikipedia page. Because she is the child of like Andy Warhol adjacent people, and there was like a parody book that someone read, wrote about her because she had grown up at the Chelsea Hotel, and it was called Gabby at the Chelsea <laughs> or something like that. I don't know if it like was ever published, but it was like something they made amongst them like the circle of Andy Warhol or something like that.
1: That's it. That's the American Girl dolls, Gabby at the Chelsea. <laughs>
2: How about you? Need to adopt some new titles. (laughs)
1: Yes.
2: (laughs) I was actually going to say something along the lines of what Allison said about like I want like in I want like a Margot Tannenbaum esque doll, like Margot Tannenbaum as a child American Girl doll. But if not, then maybe I don't know. Obviously, I'm going to have to do a um, a doll that's like perhaps in the Turn of the century in France, so like a Moulin Rouge (laughs) doll kind of situation. Like they don't have to like live at the Moulin Rouge, but like, you know, it's turn of the century. You know, I'm very kind of um, I'm picking up on Allison's like beat poet vibes that she had like laid down earlier. I kind of feel like that's very funny. Um, you know, optional pack of cigarettes, because it is France, um, and it is the turn of the century.
1: (laughs) I don't know. They've gotta be authentic to the realities. It's the only
2: experience I know. Emily what about you?
0: I um so I started thinking as we were talking about this realizing that we you know grew up some 30 years ago or something that we are almost primed in like the next 10 years to get an american girl doll that grew up in like the 90s.
2: <laughs> stop stop this right now. There is <laughs>
1: one. There is one. What? No. Oh really? Who? Is she in See, Seattle? Um, so there's Courtney is in the 80s. There's like a new one. Maybe it's not out on the website. Or is that there, there's Uh-oh. like a more kind of hip one.
2: I am terrified. Oh
1: my gosh! It's like I'm, I'm yeah, looking at like, the list right now. Yeah, is it? Is Courtney the latest one? She's definitely 80s. Wow. Is it like cha- I sw- so? They have. Is it tied to yeah, the yeah, Challenger they disaster? By any I chance- might have.
2: No. Okay,
1: well, so there's there's
2: Kira. Oh, Courtney is is 86. Courtney Deborah Moore. Oh. She's part of the Be Forever line. But I don't see anybody in the 90s. It it, like there's Susan Yang, but she's retired. There's Tennyson. Kira.
1: She's a new Australia one. Oh. Oh. She's the girl of the year. Maybe that's it. They have this, like, girl of the girl year. Girl of the year, yeah,
2: is different. Is different? I for- Okay. Yeah, I think that's a different situation. I think those are... Um, Current? Yeah, so starting in 2001, American Girl began producing Girl of the Year doll, which... Or, sorry, that was exclusive to that year. Lindsay was on sale, so they were just yearly exclusive dolls. Okay, but there's that's not it.
1: set in a distant time okay no they're just
2: of the moment so i
1: saw it and just died apparently
2: their first doll Lindsay, was on sale from 2000 to mid-2002 but it wasn't produced because of lack of sales and they came back in 2003 and they started making them exclusively to their year of origin and so girl of the year is only available till december 31st of that year while supplies lasts
1: Oh. So what was Lindsay set in? Oh, she was set in 2002. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, it just didn't quite take off at the time.
1: I wonder if she's like highly sought after. Oh, like a oh, rare Also, character. now, s- now yeah. every character
2: has an additional mobile app to go with it. What? Yeah, but they stopped making Girl of the Year dolls in 2016 with Leah Clark, who had a movie. And so it seemed like that was an indication of them abandoning a modern girl or, sorry, modern American girl fil- film adaptations. Cause I remember seeing an American girl film on Netflix that I didn't watch. And I'm like, that's ah. not for me. And also, it's so bright. Like, why is it so brightly lit? <laughs> Just, I don't know. There's something about those kinds of movies where you're like, no thanks. Um, <laughs> but I, it seems like after 2016, they stopped doing that kind of stuff. But the, so their mo- most modern doll comes from 1986, and her name is okay. Courtney. Wow, And she is active, trying to see if there's anything interesting that we should know about her. Nope. But they also added Biddy Babies, which I think goes with that baby line of dolls that you were talking about earlier. Yeah,
0: Yeah. they were the Biddy Baby collection.
2: They really were. Like...
0: That was the other thing about American Girl. It's just I can't stress this enough, like the level of craftsmanship, because these were not it wasn't like these. They didn't have these. They were such beautiful costumes and like beautiful dolls and just everything. The detail like they were outrageously expensive, but the detail that they put into this I, it just in at the time, in comparison to like what other toys were being marketed to us as kids in the 90s, which is like so different in comparison of just feeling like this was, you know, could have been a doll you had gotten, you
2: know, 50 years prior or something like that. Wait, so Emily, what would your doll be? We got sidetracked. Oh my gosh. You were yeah. going to say oh, okay, maybe yes. 90s, but
0: yeah. Well, I did think that would be kind of funny is to have one like grow up in Seattle in the early 90s. <laughs>
1: That would be fun. <laughs> she could cry over Kurt. Yeah. Could be yeah. very,
0: yeah. That's the changes for book. Sounds- That's like the sixth book in the series for all the dolls, right? It's yeah, changes for yes. Sally. <laughs> <laughs> but she yeah, her costumes like a plaid, like a plaid shirt with some ripped jeans and, and some Doc Martins, like little doll-sized Doc Martins. Those would be adorable. I'm writing this book tonight, Could like you guys. Very
1: easily,
2: <laughs> very easily, dread her hair. Yeah, <laughs> comes with optional dreading material. Oh god, <laughs> she has homemade
0: hair wrap, <laughs> homemade granola set that you can like. Much like they make
2: ice cream, I think
0: in one of the books, you make homemade granola. Oh
2: yeah, you do. Yeah, because I drove my mom crazy. I made her help me make ice cream. It tasted like shit. <laughs> it was so bad she was like this is why you don't do stuff out of books and i never learned i mean i'll still do stuff out of bug me like i hope it turns out the same way
1: oh yeah no i (sighs) i made like a tiktok thing yesterday and i made it and the whole time i was making it i was like this is a trick like this is disgusting why am i doing this like what has compelled me
2: was it the feta thing
1: you see it no, I've done that one. It was the watermelon rinds.
2: Oh. Have you seen that one? No. You what
1: boil them for 20 minutes and then you put all these spices on them and you can eat them.
2: Oh. Wow. How did it turn out? Not great. It was disgusting. <laughs> it was disgusting. Was <laughs> okay, cool. I <laughs> sure it screws
1: me. But then I was also like, there was a part of me that was like, is this a trick? Like to get dumb people to do things like gullible people on the internet or like, yeah, you can eat the watermelon. <laughs> Ryan, sure. Go for it.
0: My new favorite TikTok video style, speaking of like all the nostalgia we've talked about today, are these girls who are doing hauls of like going thrifting and they talk about the haul that they got. And they're like, this one girl will pull up her jeans and will say, you know, I got these pair of cut off Jordache jeans. And then a woman cuts in and is like, 'Uh, excuse me, Jordache? (laughs) Jordache? uh those baby gen ears they figured something out <laughs> yes they they truly they truly did i mean they're doing lots of great things but then moments like that happen and that that gets scary for me but i'm sure i too once did the same thing in which one of my gen x cousins gave me a dirty look and said you mean this <laughs> you youth <laughs> yep yep uh so before we sign off for today, um, are there any parting thoughts about
1: the American Girl dolls or books? I love. I mean, just girl boss, the girl boss of it all. I love it. It's great. <laughs> Keep it up. I mean, that's it's fine. Honestly, if if more companies were like that, be
2: great. I would have to agree. I this is probably. Uh, the most like happy nostalgia episode I think we've ever done Emily where it's just been like pure like warm fuzzy hard eyes the whole time and yeah I wish more brands would trick me into capitalism this way you know and I can't wait to spend too much money on one of these dolls for my friend's child in the near future so that I can play with it
0: yep 100 percent Allison, do you have anything that you would like to plug, any upcoming
1: projects, anything cool that you're working on? The coolest stuff that I'm working on is with the Bloom Saloon. Uh, We just finished starring Sally J. Friedman as herself. It was a great, I think it was like a long season of that. Uh, And we're moving on to Beverly Clary now. Oh, sometimes we do Judy Adjacent. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we just gotta tune in, and there is tons to catch up on. I love
0: Ramona, so I cannot wait to listen. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Allison. And thank you to all of you listening uh, for continuing to listen to our podcasts. And if you like what you've heard, you can check out our other episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen. Um, Allison, once again, for you, The Bloom Saloon, where can people listen to your wonderful podcasts?
1: They can find it on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify and all the places, and it's just uh, the Bloom Saloon, B L U M E Saloon, like a bar, S A L, O O N. And if you put that into the the search box, most places you can find us. That that gave me major Zoom vibes of like
0: Z, you know email or Zmail. If you guys ever watch Zoom, no, the PBS show. I just remember their address perfectly
1: (laughs) yes it was that that yeah yeah i hear you that's we've done it many times (laughs) we've been doing the podcast for like four years which is bananas so you do you just like wait where do you you go into autopilot of uh where it is
0: i i do the same thing with (laughs) and on that note (laughs) The best way you can stay up to date on old millennial episodes is to subscribe to our podcast. And while you're hitting that subscribe button, please maybe leave us a rating and review us. Additionally, we are on social media. You can check us out on Instagram and Twitter at The Old Millennials Pod. And finally, you can find us individually on Twitter. I am at Emily A. And
2: I'm at Marg She Wrote. Thanks again for joining us, Allison. This was a really fun time. And until next time, we say bye bye. Bye. Bye.
1: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's.